Small College Basketball would like to thank Visit Central Florida for their support. Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. That's visitcentralflorida.com. Welcome back to the Small College Basketball Podcast. I'm Chris Cottrell. And I'm Rob Gardner. With more than 25 combined years of college basketball coaching experience, we bring you the only podcast with news, scores, highlights, interviews, and insight from across NCAA Division II, Division III, NAIA, USCAA, and the NCCAA men's basketball. We hope you 2022-2023 season as we celebrate small college basketball programs, players, and coaches together. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Small College Basketball Podcast. Today, Rob Gardner and I, we're going to dive into this weekend's Small College Basketball Champions Classic. We're going to give a preview of each team. We're going to dive deeper into some of the, the great players, uh, coaches, the matchups. We're going we're gonna to see this weekend at Wax Arena on the campus of Northern State University, Aberdeen, South Dakota, Big weekend coming up, Rob. The college basketball season is in full swing. High school basketball is in full swing now up here in New York. Uh, it, this is an exciting time of year. Uh, we got snow last night in New York, so like everything's happening that's supposed to be happening this time of year. And uh, and like, what stands out to you right now? I mean, you said it, Chris. It's a beautiful time of year. It's basketball season, man. We got you know pro basketball. We got college basketball. We got high school basketball and so we just got it across the board and you know now we're about a weekend to division two and division three nai has been going on two plus week now and so but hey we've already seen a couple upsets which you know we're going to get into here atop the polls and so but it's just an exciting time of year man and, and you know across all levels of small college basketball you know so many great games including, you know, the Champions Classic that we're going to talk more about here tonight. And it's just really interesting time of year just because you come into these first couple games and, you know, we can do all the previews. Coaches can, you know, talk about, you know, what they got coming back, what they lost last year. You really don't know until you lay against another opponent. And so that can make this first, you know, weekend or two a little nervous, you know, a little nerve-wracking. You know, I mean, for you, Chris, I mean, D2 head coach, what was the first weekend of games like for you? Man, my first weekend as a head coach was crazy. We were down in Kentucky Wesley, and we were, you know, eight hours from home at Davis and Elkins in West Virginia. And um, it, it was just it was just turbulent, you know, like as a head coach, there's so many things going on. You're worried about travel, the bus, the meals, the scouting report. And uh, it, it just – it goes – you know, it goes so fast that first weekend you have such great optimism. Um, and then all of a sudden, like you get hit in the face and it's like, okay, we got to compete. Uh, the first weekend of games, man, just are crazy. You know, I get the same feeling as a high school coach though, just that excitement, um, being energized to, you know, take the, take the court and see if your kids are ready to play. I mean, it's such a great, uh, such a great time of year, such a great feeling. And, uh, it's just like you can't replicate it. If you're a competitor, if you've coached, you've played, you can't replicate the feeling you get those first moments that your your team takes the court, you know, to start Not the season. All. It's just yeah. – it's, like it. it's yeah, nothing like it. And then 
after those first five, 10 minutes, man, everything's the same. You know, the next 20, 22, 24, 28 games are all the same. Um, but that first moment when your new team takes the floor, it's, it's, it's indescribable. It truly is. And yeah, and just from, you know, almost an unknown perspective as far as, you know, when we're looking at other teams, you know, sitting across the bench, it's like, well, what are they going to look like? They did this. They did this on defense last year, but you truly don't know what they're going to do. And they truly don't know what you're going to do. And so you can do all the preparing you want, but Hey, you know, we just got to roll the ball out and let's just go play, man. Yeah. At the end, at the end of the day, you know, all the stuff you do in the preseason, the conditioning, the skill work, the drill work, the five on five, the coaching, you know, it comes down to which guys can make plays at the in, in over over forty minutes or thirty two minutes, whatever it happens to be. And like as a coach, it's got it's a different feeling when you're out there. You're just trying to put you guys in better spots throughout the course of the game. You can't really stop it and coach it like in practice. You're just trying to help them help them make better plays. And so it's it's really a it's a fun experience. It's an exciting experience. But but listen. We got a ton of basketball to get to, so let's let's look at this year. And the Champions Classic coming up, tipping off later today. Before we get to that, the top 10 for Division II NAIA D3. I mean, we got a lot of adjustments, a lot of changes, a lot of movement in the polls. Let's talk about the top five in the Division II NABC coaches poll, right? From uh, beginning of the year, Northwest Missouri State, number one. They're four and zero. They've beat West Texas. They've beaten Flagler, Northern State, in a great game. It was a tight game the whole way, uh, right here where we're at in in Aberdeen, and then Missouri Western. You know, Augusta number uh, number two. They're two and zero. They've beat in Mount Olive and Barton, IUP team we really like. We talked a lot about uh, is three and zero right now. They're number three in the country. We've seen Nova Southeastern. Uh, they're three and zero. The number fifth ranked team is West Texas A&M at 0-2. So maybe surprising, but the rest of the, the rest of the, uh, the rankings, you know, Black Hill State, Cal State, San Bernardino, West Liberty, Minnesota Duluth, going to be a, a, an exciting team to watch this weekend. Bentley, Hillsdale, UNC Pembroke, Indianapolis. I mean, we're looking at some perennial powers that we've seen in the past be in the top 10, top 15 of the Division II level. And we're also seeing some newcomers. One of the things we talked about at our preview this year. Yeah, it's just, you know, there's going to be a lot of upsets. And there have been a lot of upsets at, at other levels, NAI, Division Three that we're going to talk about. But just over-reliable, Chris, up there at the top is just Northwest Missouri State just keeps on trucking through. 4-0, undefeated. And it's not like they're playing tough kicks. I mean, they're playing some perennial powers, and yet they just keep on trucking through, man. Just Ben McCollum. I mean, I saw the other day Bennett Sturtz. You know, we saw him live down in Florida. Lead to the country in assist-to-turnover ratio. I believe he, he, he's got a, you know, basically a, a 16-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio right now as a true freshman and true, that's a true freshman man size. yeah small sample size but just Ben McCollum just keeps on pushing through yeah it's it's incredible what uh what he's done with his guard play there you know you talk about Pitts you talk about Hutchins you talk about you know now you know, the true freshman I mean he's incredible Bennett's incredible he's just he's just so steady with the basketball he's got I think the one thing that Ben McCollum coaches better than other coaches I don't know if you'll agree with this but you tell me he coaches feel better than any coach I've listened to talk 
Yes, it, it's, it's possible to to deny that. I mean, you just yeah. you, know, you talk about the guard play, the resume speaks speaks for itself. Success level from a point guard play, then yeah, you know he's just got the secret sauce when it comes to recruiting field, when it comes to development field. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now let's look at some NAI stuff here, Chris. So at the NAI level, right? Have so many competitive matchups. NAI is about three weeks into their game. Arizona Christian still sits alone up top, 4-0. Big win over the College of Bada. Thomas Moore making some noise, number two in the country, 3-0, defeated Indiana Wesleyan. Grace out of Indiana is 6-0. They had a big win over, at the time, number 22-ranked Oregon Tech. College of Idaho is 1-1 with a loss to Arizona Christian and a win at Ottawa. And then Jamestown, North Dakota, went down last night or on Wednesday to Dakota Wesleyan, who we're going to see at the Champions Classic. So yeah. Jamestown, one of the best teams in the country. So they're, they're still going to be good. And then, you know, a bunch of other great programs, Marion out of Indiana, Oklahoma Wesleyan, Georgetown, Faulkner, LSU Shreveport, Southwestern out of Kansas. And so a lot of movement at NAI, but still, Arizona Christian, Thomas Moore, still sit alone up top at one and two. And we had talked about those two teams as one and two at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, I think Grace can make a push. I think Jamestown can make a push. It'll be interesting to see as we get deep into conference play at the NAI level, you know, what happens and mm-hmm. uh, and who really who really steps up. And and just like we're seeing at NAI and at Division Two, NCAA Division Three, I mean, movement drama already. Randolph Macon two and one. They took a loss. They took it out of a chin to Mary Washington in a six-point game. Number two is Mary Harden Baylor. They lost to Claremont, much grips at 70, uh, and they got beat 80-71. So UW Oshkosh, two and one. They lost to Calvin, 59-56. Um, number four is Christopher Newport. Number five, Oswego State up here in New York. And then you got Calvin, Williams, Mount Union, WPI. Stockton, Rochester, St. Joe's, Middlebury, Case Western, teams that, uh, again, perennial powers. Some are jumping into the top 10, top 15. Some teams that we'll see this weekend coming up at the Champions Classic. But I think the parity that we've talked about in our preview episodes is starting to show itself. The ability of coaches to go out and recruit players that can narrow the gap overnight you know, over an off season with the transfer portal. I think that's up. I think, um, you know, teams that are uh, teams that are built for sustained success with returners, you know, you can narrow that gap on them if you bring some uh, experienced guys in at your level or a level above. So I think we're seeing it throughout NAI, D2, D3, but just like an exciting time of year to see the shift in uh, wins and losses, the shift in upsets, the movement, the drama of, you know, Division Three basketball. And some of these teams, again, Rob, we're going to see this weekend. Exactly. Number one, number two, number three, all going down in Division Three. first two weeks of play. I mean, come on, man. That's that's crazy. I mean, defending champion Randolph-Macon going down to Mary Washington, UW Oshkosh to Calvin. Calvin program, they got a, a Bill Saul was a former coach at Ferris State in Northern He's going to get Calvin rolling, which he already has. And so, yeah, just an exciting time of year for Division Three basketball. And, you know, but, hey, you know, Chris, let's get into kind of the main event, right, one of the best showcases in college basketball. And, you know, we're going to talk about 
we're going to turn our attention to the small college basketball champions classic this weekend. So the event consists, Chris, of 12, four division two teams, four NAI teams and three teams. Each team playing two games in two days at the magnificent walks arena on the campus of Northern state. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, walks arena, the best country at any level, the arena seats, 8,000 at capacity in Northern state has been number one in attendance in men's basketball and women's basketball for 12 straight years. Chris, so those people in Aberdeen South, they love their basketball. Oh man. Do they love their basketball? And you know, listen, there's not much else to do up there this time of year. It's cold. It's snowing. Get inside and watch, you know, two of the best programs, the men's and women's teams, uh, two of the best programs in the country, but also watch, you know, 12 of the best teams in the country across the three levels of small college basketball that we're talking about today. Just an unbelievable event. And when you hear, I think for the listeners, when you hear us talk about the teams that are participating, you're going to be blown away with the numbers, the players, the the style of play. So So let's not delay this any further. I mean, the first team that we want to get into tips off the tournament, uh, Illinois Wesleyan. Coach Ron Rose. If you want to hear our interview with Coach Ron Rose, episode 21 last season. Last season, Illinois Wesleyan, they go 24 and 6. They are uh, winners of the College Conference of Illinois and Wisconsin regular season. They made it all the way to the Division Three Elite Eight. This year, they were preseason number one in their league, the College Conference of Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, you know, they're ranked 21 uh, preseason in that D3 hoops top 25. They have four new starters after, um, you know, after losing Matthew Laritz, Luke Yoder, Corey No, and Peter Lambis. But man, they are, they are rolling. You know, right now they are one and one. They've got a win over Yeshiva, who we've talked about quite a bit in the past. Uh, they lost to UW Stevens Point, so they're one and one. Um, Illinois Wesleyan, right now, they're led in scoring by <clears throat> uh, Harrison Williamson. He's, he's getting, uh, you know, uh, 16 points a game. He's averaging five and a half rebounds a game. They've got Ryan Sraka, who's averaging 13 points a game, seven rebounds per game. And uh, Nick Roper right now, 12 and a half points per game. Lucas Heflin is at 11 points per game. And what stands out to me, you know, what stands out to me, Rob, is they're 40, you know, they're, they're, they're not shooting it great from three, you know, so not quite as good as they were last year from three, but they're just still scoring a ton. They got a, you know, they, they got a bunch of rebounds. They're out, reading that, out rebounding their opponents. I think they've just got a good, you know, a good foundation to grow throughout the season. What's your take on Illinois Wesleyan? Oh, yeah. I mean, Coach Ron Rose does a great job there. Illinois Wesleyan, one of the traditional Division three powerhouses in the country. And offensively, I mean, they run a great offense, a screen read offense with a lot of different screen actions, flex options, you know, back screens, cross screens, stagger screens with a lot of versatile players. And the thing about Illinois Wesleyan, they are huge. They are across the board, pretty much, you know, across every position. And so they'll post multiple players. Now, you said it, Chris, 338 and three-point field goal percentage right now. Only shooting 24%, four-and-a-half made threes. 
but they dominate the glass. 12 and a half offensive rebounds per game. And so with being that big too, blocks per game. And so, you know, they do a great job of, of a gap defense. They flood the paint. They protect the rim. They're big. They're long. They shrink the floor. They create a great shell. And so, you know, very tough team. Now, the main question is, can they start hitting threes? Right? right. That's one of the main right. things there. Specifically, hey, looking at Nebraska Wesleyan, who plays the zone, can they attack North Nebraska Wesleyan zone through shooting, rebounding? Are they going to be able to score against Nebraska Wesleyan zone? Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. You know what happens, you know what happens against Nebraska Wesleyan, um, and and then, you know, like how does their matchup look with St. Joe's? You know what happens with uh, what happens with St. Joe's and Nebraska Wesleyan. So St. Joe's, you know, St. Joe's out of Connecticut. We're gonna jump ahead for a second. St. Joe's out of Connecticut, Coach Glenn Miller, because we got to talk about former coach at St. Joe's and now their court, uh, named after Hall of Fame coach Jim Calhoun. Uh, Jim Calhoun of UConn. And St. Joe's out of Connecticut, 26-2. and two. Uh, Last season, they are great Northeast Athletic Conference tournament champions. Lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, this year, preseason coaches poll number 13. Uh, they're 2-0. and They got a great win over Yeshiva, 69-60. Got a good win over Babson, 77-56. And they've got five returning starters. So far, their, their best player, you know, Ryan O'Neal, 18 points per game. He's, uh, he, he's, he can do it all. He is versatile. He shoots, you know, almost 50% from three. Uh, they've got returner Tyree Mitchell, 14 points per game. Preseason Division Three All-American and returning senior guard J.C. Martin, 12 points per game. Returner and senior forward Jalen Samuels, 12 points per game. I mean, you go down the line, five guys back, five guys back, and, and they are ready to roll. This is, this is a special team here, Chris. I mean, Coach Glenn Miller, you know, longtime coach – I mean, head coach at Brown, Penn, was at UConn for years under Jim Calhoun. The main thing with this team can flat out lock you down defensively, right? They were one of the best defensive teams in the country last year, regardless of division. And they are just a, a – if anyone wants to see backline defense and how you play it with ball pressure, watch St. Joseph out of Connecticut, all right? They're active. They're shrinking. They got great closeouts, right? They guard ball screens great. Now, defensively, the things – to do is they get steals but it's not from denials it's from great shrinks all right so they're they're closing the gaps they're shrinking the floor they get 11 and a half steals per game number 37 in the country with that but they're also no, no slouch on the offense end you, you mentioned jc martin there oh, right. they can JC, score it oh my he is a tremendous score and one of the best passers in the country all right so on pick and roll they are 0.93 points good enough for 81st in the country and jc martin in a ball screen anytime he's in a ball screen they're scoring 1.09 points per possession that is elite whether he's scoring whether he's passing out of the ball screen and so you know do offensively is they run a four out one in with basically one kind of post player who creates a lot of triggers for him and so they play to a lot of gets a lot of ball screens 
and after those gets, they play to some splits. They go to delay actions, um, you know, some floppies, some zooms. So they do some creative stuff offensively. But this team, they know that their bread's buttered on the defensive end, and they are elite at that end of the court. Yeah, they are a fun team to watch. Um, you know, I think I think their matchups this weekend are going to be really exciting. Yeah, and so Rob, let's let's go back to them because we're jumping around a little bit. Nebraska Wesleyan. 2018 national champions uh, last season, 14 and 12, but this year they're predicted uh, to finish third in the arc in the American rivers conference. So they're one and zero at the moment they've got returning forward, all conference freshman, Peter Lash, 26 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, um, you know, so far this year. So his first game of the season Really strong, had an assist, had two blocks. Elijah Thatch is back from last season. Ten points, five rebounds, six assists, uh, four steals in their first game. Andrew Walker, 14 points, ten rebounds. So you got two guys with a double-double in your first game. And then they returned sophomore guard Carter Glenn. He had 14 points in their, their first game of the season. He averaged 12 points per game as a freshman last year. So although Nebraska Wesleyan, you, know, you look at their record from the previous season, not what we expect from a former national champion. I think this year with all their returners, you can see a big jump from them. Yeah, you said it. Coach Wellman runs a great program here, two-time national coach of the year. And so, you know, and we're looking at sample size theater here, all right? One game overall. And so it's tough to take too much away from one game. But defensively, they run a great zone, right? It's kind of a 2-3 tandem. It looks like a 1-3-1 one, one to start. The wings will really funnel it to the middle. And so, but out of that zone, in just one, just once again, one game, they forced 25 turnovers and they got 50 steals. And so, you know, the questions for, you know, whether it's Illinois Wesleyan, um, you know, is can you solve this zone, right? And so yeah. teams right now are .33 points per possession against the zone. And so, you know, your coach, Ron Rose, you got to be looking at that film and, you know, whether it's shooting the three, whether it's running, you know, penetrating gaps, you're going to have to figure out how to guard or uh, score against Nebraska Wesleyan's zone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, scoring against zone early in the year is a challenge, I think, for a lot of teams. Now, if you have some returners, it's 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 an advantage. But if you don't, scoring against zone is a lot of feel, Rob, as you know. It's a lot of feel, a lot of ball movement. And, and so it can be a challenge this early in the year. Rounding out our Division Three matchups, UW Oshkosh. Wisconsin Oshkosh, Coach Matt Lewis, 2019 national champions of division three last year they're 23 and four WIAC regular season champions tournament champions they lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament for division three this year they're preseason number three in the coaches poll number one in the preseason WIAC rankings uh right now they're two and one uh they defeated Lawrence they've defeated Hope and they lost to Calvin um Oshkosh, interesting team. You know, they're led by senior forward Levi Borchette, um, WIAC player of the year last season. He was an NABC All-America first team player. Um, and this year he's a D3hoops.com preseason All-American. He's averaging a double-double, 19 points per game, 11 rebounds a game, shooting more than 50% from the field. Hunter uh, Playman, returning senior, averaging six points per game, 
Quinn Steckbauer, returning senior, again named WIC honorable mention last year. He's averaging eight points per game. They got a fifth-year player, Eric Peterson, WIC all-defensive team last season. Ten points per game, five rebounds per game right now. This team has got a lot back. They got a lot of experience. What do you think of Oshkosh? This is a great team to watch. And if you just want to watch a beautiful five-out screen motion that's random, you know, kind of, you know, we, we watched them last week, Hillsdale-esque, you know, very yeah. similar to that there, Chris, as far as they score a lot of points off cuts, off screens, and everyone on this team, charged through posts, are very crafty in the paint. They really know how to stop, how to pivot, how to pass once they're in the paint, and they do a great job of cutting off drives, you know, so they're driving you know, whether it's a corner cut, whether it's a 45 cut, anything like that, they do a great job of cutting off drives. Now, the thing about Oshkosh, they're going to make you play at their pace, all right? They play relatively pretty slow pace, and so just some numbers behind that, they only spend 10% of their offensive possessions in transition. That's in the bottom 5% for Division Three. At the same point, they've only given up 13 points in transition defense in three games. That's ridiculous. So they are getting back and they are setting their defense and they're making you score against a set defense every time. Yeah, and that's that's hard to beat. You talk about playing against zone, playing against and you know, good defense beats good offense, Rob, and and yeah. vice versa. I think is how it goes. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but but if you're a basketball, if you're a basketball junkie, you got Oshkosh, you got Nebraska Wesleyan, Illinois Wesleyan, St. Joseph, you got four tremendously talented NCAA Division three teams. So you watch two games Saturday, and then you put your feet up, and you got Carroll College coming in to kick off our NAIA program in the afternoon. Carroll College, led by Coach Kurt Paulson, last season, 29-5, and five, go to the second round of the NAIA National Tournament. This year, they are preseason number 16. Uh, they're preseason number one in the Frontier Conference in the coaches' poll. Right now, they're sitting at 3-0. and They've got three pretty significant victories, all in double figures, and they're led by senior guard Johnny Hillman. 16 points per game, four rebounds per game. Sophomore guard Andrew Cook, 13 points per game, five rebounds per game. Junior forward Guy Pedra, 10 points per game, four rebounds per game. And again, if you're not familiar with the smaller levels of college basketball and you want to settle in, you're in for a treat on Saturday. College is, is a great NAI program out of Montana. They run a really creative offense. It's kind of a four-out, three-out motion with a lot of post creation. They, they create a lot through the post, through and in Temple down there. And it's not always for him to score. You know, they throw the ball into him, and they do some creative post splits out of there. He does a great job passing. And so, you know, much like you see in the NBA now, throwing the ball into the post is simply an engine of creation. It's not just, okay, I'm just going to go down there and score one-on-one against my guy. So they do a great job of taking action out of the post. But defensively, their numbers are phenomenal. Defensively, they're in the 99th percentile for defensive efficiency through three games. They've only given up two points on offensive rebounds. That is owning the glass, man. And so, you know, if you want to shut teams down, you keep them off the O boards. And they've only allowed two points in three games. That's super impressive so far from Coach Kurt Paulson. 
Yeah, I think you're in for a treat when you see Carroll College go up against Mornings, Morningside University and coach Trent Miller. Last year, 14-12, and 11-9 in conference. Great Plains Athletic Conference. Preseason number six this year, but they're already 3-0. and They've got double-digit wins over Peru State, Grandview, and Dakota Wesleyan. They played on Wednesday against Dort, and those five returning players – that they have are all in double figures right now. Trey Powers, forward, 16 points per game. Guard Jack Dodsler, 16 points per game. Guard Joey Scoff, 15 points per game. Eli Doble, junior center, 14 points per game. And uh, sophomore forward uh, Buckley, 11 points per game, seven rebounds per game. I think Morningside University Really interesting team to watch, and they are, uh, you know, they are going to be they're going to be a, a good matchup for Carroll coming out. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching Morningside's offense. I'm looking forward to watching their offense in person, just because I mean, percentage wise, 1.01 points per possession, the 90th percentile, and even though they run a very unselfish four out one in offense with with a full stepping up instead of a lot of ball games or him posting up, they're 0.36 possession in isolation that's good enough for the 98th percentile so when they want to they can really break it down off the dribble and you know what they do really well they run some spain ball screens some screen the screeners but when they put dolzler in a naked ball screen that's really tough to guard he's got we talked about earlier chris just he's got tremendous feel for the game and he's going to pick you apart if you overhelp. you know off a hedge off the corner he's going to be able to make the extra pass and find the open guy off of that ball screen pretty much every time. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, we talked about earlier morning, morning side being three and oh, well, they're four and oh. And, you know, their first three wins, Rob, come in pretty easy fashion, all double digit plus. But when they're challenged, you know, when they're challenged in the second half against Dort, Morningside rises to the occasion. They win 85 80. And so could this be a team that's starting to, you know, not necessarily peak, but realize how good they might be able to become? Yeah, hey, it's better early than late. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Always good to win early. Exactly. Always good to win early. Speaking of winning early, Indiana Wesleyan uh, wins consistently early and often. Indiana Wesleyan, uh, led by Greg, Greg Tonigel, uh last year, 28-7 and seven overall. They were 16-2 and two in the Crossroads League. They lost in the NAIA Sweet 16. Um, you know, this year, they're preseason number five in the coaches' poll, preseason number four in the NAI Hoops Report preseason poll, and they're number one in the Crossroads League preseason coaches' poll. Right now, uh, they've got you know they've 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 taken a couple losses early. They win at Cornerstone, uh, but they lose at number twenty against number twenty-five Indiana Tech by two points. They lose against Thomas Moore, number two in the country, and then they get a bounce back win after all said and done against number twenty-two Oregon Tech. Uh, they have Mount Vernon Nazarene later uh, this week, but they're led by returner and All-American Seth Maxwell. Preseason player of the year this year in the Crossroads League. 
He's averaging 15 points per game, five rebounds per game. Uh, returning guard Spencer Piercefield, first team Crossroads League last year, also at 15 points per game. Griffin Clearwear, 11 points per game. And Noah Smith, a redshirt senior, back uh, on a, uh, off his medical redshirt, is averaging nine points per game. So Indiana Wesleyan, team that wins consistently, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about them winning often, Rob. Death, taxes, and Greg go winning games. All right? <laughs> I mean, it, this guy is unbelievable. He said his 18th year winning 80% of his games. He's a three-time Division II NAI national champion, 14, 16, and 18. I mean, this, this program is just a model of consistency when it comes to winning. And, you know, if They've taken some some hits early this year, but that's what happens when you know you got big target on your back. And, you know their numbers are are just okay this year, but I mean you and I both know Chris that they got the talent, they got the pedigree, the culture that starts stringing a bunch of wins here. And so, as you would imagine, Seth Maxwell just owns the paint, both offensively and defensively. I mean he's a force to be reckoned with on the offensive end, able to score in the post off his right shoulder, his left shoulder, you know, with a variety of moves. And at the other end, averaging two and a half blocks per game. I mean, that guy just shuts down the paint. And Spencer Piercefield is a very interesting guard. He's an elite ball screen player. I mean, he's averaging 1.39 points per possession when he's the ball handler. That's in the 98th percentile. That is, that's almost Trevor Hudgens-esque, if I, if I, if I might say so <laughs> myself. I mean, that is some elite numbers right there. And so, but the guy that I think, you know, is really makes them go is I'm going to his name here, Tim Adetusaki. I mean, that guy brings energy. I mean, he just, whether it's, you know, defensive end, whether it's diving on the floor for loose balls, versatile defensively. I mean, it's tough to quantify what he gives out there, but just his energy is just electric and just infects the whole team, Chris. Yeah, they are a team. They are a team that is traditionally very good. And we're talking about them losing – what to the number 25 team in the country number two team in the country they've already played three top 25 matchups they've played a challenging schedule they're in one of the best leagues in the country so like what do you expect right what do you expect from indian wesleyan you expect them to play a challenging schedule and continue to get better throughout the course of the year wrapping up yeah i mean like yeah it's gonna happen times you know we see whether it's in you know college Football, college football. I mean, I, 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 we've all seen cupcake schedules, you know. Yeah. And you know, it's just good to see you know teams like this. You know, whether it's you know Oshkosh, whether it's Randolph Macon, whether it's Indiana Wesleyan, you know, Northwest Missouri State, going out there and playing power teams. I, I just love to see that earlier in the year. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a good test. It's a good test for your program, and mm-hmm. and then you go into a league like the Crossroads League, Crossroads, and you're ready. I mean, you, you are battle-tested going into one of the best NAIA leagues in the country. And we talk about wrapping up our NAIA preview. We're going to wrap up with Dakota Wesleyan University. Coach Matt Wilbur, last season, 13-16, and 16, 9-11 in conference. Uh, but this year, they are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, They're 2-2 and right now. They're averaging almost 80 points per game, shooting 48% from the field. Uh, They got their last win on Wednesday a couple nights ago against Jamestown, 80-66. So at 2-2, at 2-2, 
Uh, Dakota Wesleyan led by Cohen Oppold, senior forward, 13 points per game. Jacob Donby, a sophomore, uh, guard, 12 points per game, three assists per game. Nick Whitler, 10 points per game as a junior guard. DeAndre Dennis, eight points per game. And then they've got some new pieces, Rob, that are starting to fit together. I mean, it's Dakota Wesleyan's a really interesting team. And, you know, like you said, they, they had a couple early losses, but a monster win against Jamestown. I mean, yeah. that's a big-time performance right there. And they're a really interesting team offensively. They don't play fast at all, but they're extremely efficient. 1.0 points per possession, offensive efficiency, but they spend little to no time in transition offense. And so it's just a very interesting dynamic there. They shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes. They average 10 made threes per game right now, right? They're, they're in the 99th percentile on spot-ups, and they're an elite shooting team. And then they, you, you combine that while having an elite post player like Cole Oppold, who dropped 30 on Jamestown. I mean, super crafty, you know, a lot of fakes, up and unders, just very tough to guard. They're a really tough team to guard with a great post player and a lot of shooters. Yeah, and they're going to be an interesting team to watch. They're starting to fit all their new pieces together uh, along with their returners. But I think, I think again, another team that plays a challenging schedule. They got a big win over Jamestown, a team that can continue to put good performances together going into the back half of their season after Christmas by playing, you know, such tough competition early that wraps up uh, eight teams out of division three and division uh, and and AIA. So now we're at division two and we're going to start off with host institution, Northern state university, coach Phillips. uh, First of all, he's a tremendous interview. Go back to last season's podcast. He's on there. We talk about the, I hate winter game. Just an awesome, uh, an awesome experience to hear him talk about coaching at Northern State. Last season, they go 20 and 12. They're 13 and 9 in the Northern Sun. This year, preseason number four in the Northern Sun. They received votes in the NABC coaches poll. They're one and one right now. But Rob, they took Northwest Missouri State, number one in the country took them to the wire in their first game of the season. Uh, They lost by three, 81-78. They then turn around and defeat Missouri Western in one of those crossover challenges that we see at the Division II level. I'll tell you what, I've seen them live. Lefty guard Sam Maston just is a flat-out player. He can score the ball. He can assist the ball. He's getting uh, rebounds at a really high level. This year, he's averaging 23 points per game, six rebounds per game, six assists per game, and he's shooting almost 60% from three. I really like watching him play. Just has a great field, does a nice job of not only running the team, but picking his spots to be aggressive. Returning forward, Jordan Belka, 11 points per game, five rebounds per game. Transfer guard, Josh Dilling. Nicely, 12 points per game, 50% from the field. I think Northern State is a team that, uh, what you know, it's crazy. You talk to Wayne Cavati, the dean of D2. Northern State has a down year last year. They win 20 games. I think this is a team, Rob, that we're, we're going to be talking about towards the end of the Division II season. Yeah, I think you're dead on. I think they had a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys last year, kind of you know starting to gel together. But their offense is – one of the most interesting offenses to watch. You know, they got a five-out yes. flow offense. You know, the way I, I, I deem it, they have structure but not patterns. Yes. And so, 
you know, they know what they're doing, but it's not, you know, predicated. It's not predictable. And so they have a lot of screens on ball, a lot of screens off. And they have five guys that can shoot the three, you know, versatile player shooters. They shoot a lot of threes. All right. They shoot as a team 38% from the three, 11 and a half made threes per game. And a lot of questions. Coach, you know, Phillips runs some Spain, some horns, double drags. And so, you know, they got, you know, a six, their 6'10 center, Jackson Money, was as a freshman last year, second team, all Northern Sun. He, he's, a, he's a shooter, he's a shot blocker, great lateral quickness, athletic. And so, you know, and then you talk about, you know, you met Sam Maston, right? He's an elite player. I mean, once again, pick and roll ball screen wise. He's got 1.88 points per possession when he's – and so he's got these great feel, lefty, crafty, and so they can do a lot of things that offensively they're going to be a tough one to stop. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested to see how their first matchup of the event against Ferris State University, how it goes. Because Ferris State, again, they played, they've played in a crossover challenge. They took a trip in August to Canada. And um, they went 3-0 and in Canada. Last season, their GLIC champions, they advanced to the uh, Midwest Regional Semi. They finished 22-9. and Coach Andy Bronkma, really, uh, really successful there at Ferris State. Their preseason number one in the GLIAC, the GLIC. But they're 0-2 right now. They've lost to Trevecca Nazarene by one. They lost to Southwest Baptist by seven. So interesting to see what happens in the matchup of Ferris State and Northern State. Ferris State is led by Ben Davidson, preseason all-GLIC second team. Right now he's averaging 13 points per game, 60% from behind the arc, so he's shooting it at a high clip. Redshirt sophomore uh, Solomon Argabu, a preseason all-GLIAC second team. Uh, he's averaging 11 points per game right now. Uh, forward, I'm, I'm butchering these names. Uh, forward Dolapo Olinka, uh, 11 points per game, seven rebounds per game. And Vejas Grazulis, 10 points per game, nine rebounds per game. Like, it seems to me Ferris State is trying to put all these pieces together right now. Yeah, and, and first thing about, you know, this is, you know, Ferris State, 2018 national champs. This is actually a rematch against Northern State of that national championship game. Yeah. <laughs> so this is interesting here. Coach Phillips wasn't there. But a rematch of the 2018 national championship game, but Ferris State lost a lot off last year's team. So they're yes. putting, like you said, Chris, so many new pieces together. But you know, Coach Bronkema, you know, one of the most tenured, one of the best coaches at the Division II level. The one thing you're going to get when you play Ferris State is you're going to get a lot of length, a lot of athletes, and a lot of pressing. And you know, he plays typically 10 to 11 guys in a game regularly. And so offensively, they run kind of a four out, three out, relatively post heavy office with a lot of just kind of, you know, clustered motion now, but they're very dependent on transition offense. And that's where they get out. They run a lot defensively. The main thing is they're going to press. Can you take care of they got man presses on the ball, off the ball, diamond presses, two, two, one presses. They're going to try and create havoc on the defensive end and to turn it over press usage they're in a press 57 percent of their defensive possessions <laughs> that's that's wow. the 95th percentile and so you know the main thing when you play against a fair state team can't 
care of the ball in the full court. If you can take care of the ball in the full court, you're probably going to good shots. Uh, Coach Bronkenbauer runs one of the best programs in the country, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how all these pieces fit together. Yeah, that, that rematch of the national championship game is uh, the second-to-last game of the opening day of the Small College Basketball Champions Classic. The last game of the day is going to feature a team we've already mentioned, a couple of teams we've mentioned on the podcast already, Minnesota Duluth versus Point Loma. Minnesota Duluth, Coach Justin Week. Uh, last year they go 25-6. and six. They're 16-4 and four in the Northern Sun. Rob, just as an, as an aside – the Northern Sun, unless you're really familiar with Division II basketball, you may not have heard of this. One of the better leagues in in the country. I mean, it's a really good league, top Pow. to bottom. It's it's a great league. There's great basketball. So last last year, Minnesota Duluth goes sixteen to four in the Northern Sun. They advanced uh, to the Central Region. Uh, the first round, and they lose to Washburn. They got as high as number five in the country last year, though. This year, preseason number seven in the NABC coaches poll, preseason number 10 in the media poll. They're number eight in the D2 media poll right now. Um, number one in the Northern Sun preseason coaches poll. So they're 2-0. and They played in one of those crossover challenges we've discussed. Uh, they've got Five starters back, including senior guard Drew Blair. He was their leading scorer last year, 19 points per game. This year, he's at 18 points per game. Junior forward Austin Andrews. He was named preseason player of the year in the North Division for the Northern Sun Conference. He's at, he is uh, currently averaging 15 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, a double-double, as well as more than three assists. And get this, he's shooting 77% from the field overall. Junior guard Josh Brown averaging 13 points per game. Um, Charlie Canada uh, forward averaging 13 points per game, shooting 66% from the field. And guard Jack Middleton, 15 points per game, up from 10 points per game last season. So talk about the pieces fitting together. Minnesota Duluth, Rob, has a group that is starting to gel. I love this team, Chris. I mean, they yeah. are fun to watch, aren't they? Yeah, they had a last year. You know, Andrews went down at the end of the year. You know, probably entered their tournament run a little bit. But offensively, they run a four-out, one-in-motion with Andrews as one of the best post players in the country. And they have a lot of veterans that understand their roles. They have a lot of corporate knowledge. Everything just kind of flows for them. All right, so they play through Andrews a lot in the post. But they also play through a lot of him at the elbow. All right, using the elbow as an engine of creation there with a lot of dribble handoffs, backdoor zooms. You know, Andrews keeps it a lot. He's very crafty and creative there. But then, you know, from a numbers perspective, I mean, they are a shooting team. They got a lot of shooters. And so you already mentioned him, Drew Blair. I call him Larry Bird at D2. I mean, that guy <laughs> is a tough shot maker. And, you know, he is averaging 1.5 points per possession every time he shoots a jump shot. And so he, he's an elite shooter. And then you, you mentioned that the point guard there as far as um, Josh Brown and, you know, just a very complete guard. He's at 1.29 points per possession when he's in the ball screen. And so he's a very smart, very crafty point guard who's able to, to you know, score for himself, create shots for others. Defensively, they're connected. 
right? Everything you want to say, they help the helper. They have multiple efforts. They build a shell, right? They are super connected. Like I'm talking about, they have corporate knowledge, veterans who understand what to do, you know, a lot of nonverbal communication, whether it's timely switches, go switches on curls, they shrink the floor. Basically, they're all six, four to six, seven. And so this is a tremendously versatile team that can do a variety of things. Really tough to stop, Chris. Yeah, all their pieces fitting together are going to be a nice test against Point Loma Nazarene in a top 25 matchup at the end of Saturday night at the Small College Basketball Champions Classic. Point Loma Nazarene, led by Coach Matt Lodge, last year 21 and 10 overall, 16 and 4 in the Pac West Conference. Uh, Pack West regular season champs last year. They lost in the first round to another really talented team out West, Azusa Pacific. Uh, this year, they're receiving votes in the NABC coaches poll. Uh, their preseason um, receiving votes in the media top 25. And they're number 20 as of this week in the media poll. Right now, they're 3-0. and uh, They won two games in the crossover challenge. They're led by Caden Anderson, back-to-back Pac West Player of the Year. And for our listeners, if you haven't seen Caden Anderson play, watch him play. Stay up late, watch him play. It won't be that late because it's what's, uh, you know, mountain time, so you get some hours. But Caden Anderson is a bucket. Back-to-back Pac West Player of the Year, as I mentioned, averaging 25 points per game, eight and a half rebounds per game. That guy can go. They've got Luke Hop back. He is back after um, last season's injury. He's averaging seven points per game, five rebounds per game. Brian uh, Grocky can really shoot it. He's 50% from three, 12 points per game. They've added a couple of transfers. This is the first team we're talking about. Rob, that you they they really uh, advertise their transfers and and brought in some fifth year guys, taking advantage of the portal. NAI All American Shamrock Campbell, and then Great Northwest Athletic Conference second team player Tobin Carlberg from D two Alaska Anchorage. Two guys who are gelling right away. Shamrock Campbell's eight points per game, three assists per game, and then Carlberg averaging six points per game. I think this could be one of the best matchups of the day, but you just got to wait all day for it. That's all. Chris, you talk about matchups, and hey, this is a team game, right? Basketball is five on five, but this might be the best matchup. Caden Anderson versus Austin Andrews. This might be the best Division II matchup in the year, just on a one-on-one basis. I mean, yeah. these two guys yeah. might be neck and neck for national players of the year, all right? Two guys who are very versatile, very skilled. Talking about Anderson specifically, 6'8", three-level score, all right? An elite passer as well, a, a tremendous engine of creation. If you want to, if I can make the, the comparison, a D2 Jokic, I mean, this guy, he can score in the post. He can shoot the three. He's dropping dimes. He's dropping backdoor passes. He's playing out of gets, dropping off, you know, sweet little uh, backdoor passes. I mean, it is just – he's fun to watch on the offensive end. And then defensively, they're a great defensive team as far as just they're very creative in their ball screen coverages. All right? And, and specifically, they're .51 points per possession defending ball screens. And a lot of that comes down to Caden Anderson, right? He has the lateral quickness to switch. Mostly they do drop defense and then they'll, they'll veer a little bit, but they're switching capable because Anderson, he's 6'8", he's a load, but he's got 
quick feet. He can switch a lot. They're a smart team defensively. They do a lot of triple switches, go switches, scrams. And so, but on the offensive end, they're super fun to watch too. And so Point Loma, you know, and, and with Caden Anderson and, and yes, with, with everyone else, whether it's Carlberg, Shamrock Campbell, Garaki's a great shooter. You know, they run a great four out offense basically with, with Anderson at the elbow playing the gets and splits and different stuff like that. Uh, one of the, they're my favorite actions there is they run a lot of flare slips. I wish more teams would do that where you just run the flare and the slip with Anderson as the passer there making the read. So, but yeah, I mean, it's a team game, Chris, but I can't wait for the matchup of Austin Andrews versus Caden Anderson as the last game of the night. Yeah. Going to be such a fun event all day, Friday, all day, Saturday, tipping off later on, uh, this afternoon i mean this is going to be such an incredible event for all levels of small college basketball and and we have to recognize john mccarthy all the work he's done to organize uh another premier event to go along with the hall of fame classic you know games later today all afternoon games all day tomorrow and Rob, it's been so much fun just talking hoop, right? Talking about great players. These coaches are elite. The coaches we're talking about, the NAI level, the D3 level, the D2 level, these guys are elite. And so are their players and their programs are just so much fun to talk about and celebrate. And and I'm looking forward to catching as many games and highlights as I can coming up this weekend. What are your thoughts on the, the upcoming weekend? Well, yeah, it's just it's such a great showcase, which is once again John McCarthy's mentioned to to highlight and promote the great players, teams, coaches, and stories of small college basketball. I mean, you look at these. You mentioned Chris, the great players, the great coaches. We got you know Dave Wellman in Nebraska Wesley, national championship coach. All right, Matt Lewis at Oshkosh, national championship coach. Greg Tonegal, Indiana Wesley, national championship coach. Andy Bronco, my fair state, national championship coach. So we have premier level programs coaches and some of the best players in the country regardless of any level of, of, of college basketball these guys can just flat out ball and these teams you know once again the thing about basketball is that it's art you know it's not science it's not you know one plus two you know equals three it is it is free-flowing it's art and so you want to see the chess matches right we can talk about as many you know uh previews and numbers and matchups but, hey, let's see the chess match come out in the second half. Let's see the chess match of how they guard ball screens. Let's see the chess match of, you know, how does Caden Anderson guard Austin Andrews in the post, all right? And so, you know, it's just – I'm so looking forward to these players, these teams getting the opportunity to play on a big stage like this and showcase what they can do for the entire country. Yeah, it is, it is an incredible weekend of basketball up there in Aberdeen. Hopefully it's warm enough for, uh, for everybody to walk around and enjoy Northern States campus. If not, stay inside and watch, uh, watch basketball all day. I don't know. But, Rob, this has been a blast. I'm excited to see the games coming up later today and tomorrow. Uh, from everybody here at Small College Basketball, thank you for joining our podcast. Rob, enjoy your weekend watching some hoop. You too, Chris. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to this week's Small College Basketball Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe for our weekly episodes and interviews. 
devoted to the incredible players, teams, coaches, alumni, and history all across levels of small college basketball. And if you're a fan of the Small College Basketball Podcast, please leave us a five-star review. We encourage our fans to use the link attached to this episode to share the Small College Basketball Podcast with your family, friends, and other small college basketball fans. The Small College Basketball Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast episodes. You can follow Small College Basketball on Twitter and Facebook, or visit our website, www.smallcollegebasketball.com. Small College Basketball would like to thank Visit Central Florida for their support. Start planning your Central Florida vacation now at visitcentralflorida.com. That's visitcentralflorida.com.